Happy Hump Day, everybody, and welcome back to Brown Bag Bets. Powered by BetSports, we are your daily dose of quick hit handicapping and sports betting uh, picks. I'm Alex Christensen, and joining me today is Dan Weiner, because like Dan, like an NBA team, Dan, it's just a brutal injury report. Andy is out with illness. We're resting Matthew Rooney today, so we've got to bring you in. I know you're not 100%. You had to be moved from questionable to probable, but now you're in. How are you feeling? Are you ready? I'm good to go. Like, yeah, Andy's not feeling great. Uh, his kids were sick all weekend, and now he's sick because that's what happens when you have children. And so he's not feeling great. So I was like, I'll do the show. I've been sick for like a week. I've, I'm on antibiotics and everything. But like, I was like, I'll do the show. And then suddenly, like after I said that, like suddenly my cough started coming back this morning. I was like, well, that's stupid. I haven't even really had much of a cough. And now it's bothering me. But I'll be fine. I'll get some adrenaline going here. I got a good sweat. I'm burning up right now. So I've got like a sweat going and just gonna try to sweat everything out and talk some sports because like, why not? I'm just super bummed. Like, we'll, we'll get to the World Cup in a bit. I have a couple of bets, but like, it sucked being up this morning and at like 10 o'clock, there's nothing. I built my whole morning around it. Like you said, got to try to time everything. So 10 o'clock, I sit down, have like a little late breakfast watch some football, sweat some unders here and stuff like that. But, yeah, what's going on here? We got nothing until Friday? They're going to make us wait till freaking Friday? Yeah, we have to wait till Friday. And I don't feel like I remember them doing it this way in the past. I feel like there was, a, a like, a day off after the group stage, and then they would do the knockout rounds. I don't remember them going right into the knockout rounds. So in 2014, I was in Brazil with ESPN for the World Cup. I was there for six weeks. And I just remember we got there. We worked for like 10 days up to the start of the tournament. Then we worked for like 20 straight days or something like that. Like the, we worked for like over a month, about a month straight without a day off. And that first day off, like we, everyone went just like nuts. Like the <laughs> night before we went out, we were out to like two in the morning. Then the next day we all just went because we we're staying on Copacabana Beach. So we just go. We just finally had time to go sit on the beach. So I do kind of feel bad for everyone who's been just grinding through this tournament in Qatar. And then there's just like, well, we're in Doha. I mean, I'm sure there's like parties and stuff to do, but you can't drink. You can't like do much fun stuff there. So like, I mean, it's a it's an, a great opportunity to be able to work on that, like regardless of how you feel about all this, the sociopolitical stuff with Qatar. But like, yeah, man, I just it sucks. It's just like the World Cup's coming down to the wire. I mean, all of the quarterfinal games, except for maybe the, the Morocco Portugal game should be just like fun, like great teams playing against each other. So we'll see what happens. Even the Portugal-Morocco game, it should be a lot of fun. That um, The young guy who started for Portugal, again, had three goals in his debut. Yeah. We saw Morocco now. I think – did you think that was more Spain playing poorly or Morocco playing well? It, it felt a little bit more to me like Morocco playing well and maybe Spain being nervous, but what did you think of that? Um, I think that what we saw from Spain is what we've seen a lot from Spain over the past several years is that – they are really, really good at possessing the ball, and they are very, very bad at finding ways to score. I know they scored seven goals against Costa Rica, but, like, Costa Rica is not very good. I know Costa Rica ended up winning a game in this tournament, too. But, like, they, when they get into it, they can struggle to be creative. And they've had games where I think when they lost to Russia at the World Cup, it was the same thing in 2018 where they possessed the ball. They completed, like, over a 1,000 passes in that game and didn't score, scored one goal or whatever it was. Uh, you got to give Morocco credit for the way that they were able to just withhold, withstand the pressure that Spain was going to put on them. Although at the same time, like they just don't, they haven't really had a great goal score. When Spain was winning tournaments, you know, they won the Euro in 08, the World Cup in 10, and then the Euros in 12. I think they're the only team that's ever won three consecutive major tournaments uh, it, like that. Like 
they were they didn't even have great strikers then, but they had an unreal level. I mean, that's when they had like Iniesta and those guys. So maybe like built them into this false sense of security that they didn't need a guy like a Cristiano Ronaldo or a Kylian Mbappe, like guys who are just can put the ball in the back of the net. So that's kind of what happened there. And it was impressive as hell for Morocco, who in their own right, like they've got some great players on their team too. Like Ashraf Hakimi is very good. Hakim Ziyech. He's been very good at times. His Chelsea career hasn't been great. He actually left the national team, hated the last coach, didn't want to play for the national team anymore. They bring in a new coach and suddenly they're in the quarterfinal. So like they're an underdog story. And, you know, Portugal is going to be fascinating too, because like they benched Cristiano Ronaldo. And if you were listening to the crowd, that was an unpopular pick, but it, in the like the Portuguese population at large, there was a poll run. I think 70% of them were in favor of Ronaldo being benched. I don't know how you put him back on the field as a starter after, I mean, even not even recency bias, they just played better. Like they just played better without him on the field. And I don't know how you can put him back out there to, to go forward. I could see why the fans would be upset. You pay a lot of money to go out there. You're expecting to see Ronaldo, but it seemed like a soccer decision. That was a pretty good deal. Now I think we were supposed to start with NBA, but since we're talking soccer, you just want to get into it. What do you got for us in the Friday games? Yeah, let's do it. I've got a couple of picks for Friday. So this first one, uh, Brazil is the best team in this tournament. Brazil has been awesome. They were awesome against South Korea. They're the only team in world cup history to play all 26 players at a world cup. They were winning by so much against South Korea. They pulled Allison and put in their third string goalkeeper so that they could get him a chance to play in this tournament. Literally everybody on the Brazilian team has played. So they are very good. This is more just sticking with a trend that's been very successful with Croatia. And I'm going to ride with it here at a plus 425. Croatia in their last eight knockout stage games have gone to extra time seven times. So seven of their last eight knockout stage games, this goes back to 2008, uh, they, <clears throat> excuse me, they went to extra time. The only one that didn't was the World Cup final in 2018 when they got blitzed by France. That could happen here. I get it. But this is a team that is like, they know how to, they're one of the ultimate underdogs in soccer. It's a country of 3 million people. It's a nation that has just been so resilient in its history and what they've overcome over the years. Like they're just a tough minded group of of people and that's the way that they play they're going to be under siege this entire game but nevertheless i think that they can make their their only way that i think they're going to win this game is to get this into extra time into penalties make brazil really sweat we haven't seen brazil really pushed yet in a game that matters they were able to kind of get where they needed to go in the group stage and then they took the third game off this is different obviously this is advance or go home and we'll see what's going to happen there in the second game i just think that and so I'm playing the draw at plus 425 for those of you listening to the podcast. Yeah. In the second game, Argentina and Netherlands, I'm going to take both teams to score at minus 102. I think Argentina is going to control the tempo of this game for the most part because I do think that they have the very stronger team with a stronger midfield. But we saw against the U.S., the Netherlands can be very clinical when they need to be. They just need little pockets of space to make things happen. I think that Argentina is the better team. I think Argentina is going to be the team that advances here. Maybe that's wishful hoping, but I think what I'm hoping for, what I think we'll see is some kind of end to end stuff where we're going to see both teams score. And that would noop set up a Brazil Argentina semifinal. And that to me is maybe the mo would be probably the most anticipated world cup game of our lifetime. Yeah. So story time with producer Dan. Brazil and Argentina have played four times at the World Cup. They have That's not, played, yeah, um, they have they have not played since 1990. So the first three times they played, it was the the format was weird, and they actually did two group stages. It would be like you play a group stage, 
Then they'd go to another group stage, and then the winners of each of the two groups would go to the final. Cool. So it was way different. There were a lot fewer teams. Then the tournament expanded. They went That's to all kind this. kind of fun. So Brazil and Argentina played in 1990. And it was knockout stage. It was the round of 16. And early on in the game, there's a foul on an Argentine player. And the Argentina trainer comes onto the field, and he brings a cooler of water bottles with him. An Argentina player reaches in, grabs a Gatorade bottle, drinks from it, and someone's like, no, 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 spit that out. So he spits it out, reaches back in and grabs like a clear plastic water bottle, drinks, it's fine. Moments later, a Brazilian player named Bronco comes over, grabs the Gatorade bottle and drinks from it. And he says within minutes, he started feeling sick. And look, the rest of the game, he was very lethargic and ill and played horribly and was convinced he got drugged by Argentina in this game. And everyone's like, yeah, whatever. A couple of years later, he was at the <laughs> airport and ran into one of the Argentina players who was like, well, that was some trick we pulled on you a couple of years ago, wasn't it? And then like 14 years later, Diego Maradona is on some TV show in Argentina talking about this moment, how they definitely drugged this guy. And noops, not only did they drug him, they roofied him. They put Rohypnol in this water bottle. <laughs> no. And this guy Bronco gets roofied and early on in a Brazil Argentina game game. in 1990. So if they're going to do that, if that's like the history that we're dealing with, these are two teams who are arch rivals. You think about all of the history of the sport. You think about the beautiful way that Brazil plays. And, you know, you think about Diego Maradona. And then on top of that, like this is Lionel Messi, maybe probably his last world cup. Like he'll be 39 in four years. Seems unlikely, but I think Luka Modric for Croatia is about that old. So it's a possibility, but this is probably it. For Messi, like it would be just such a hyped game that I really, really want to see it. Just hopefully nobody gets roofied this time. Yes, in general, hopefully no one gets roofied. It's a good rule for life to avoid having anybody roofied. But yeah. there is no soccer. There is, however, NBA basketball. Full Thank slate. God. Let's go. 11 games, a ton to go on here. And I'm hoping for an underful night, apparently. Um, I was a little surprised I as I looked through that all my know. looks were, in fact, unders. But hey, here we are. Um We'll start out with the Charlotte Hornets and the Brooklyn Nets. No Ben Simmons for the Nets tonight. No Gordon Hayward. No LaMelo ball for the Hornets. That has been a great recipe for unders this season. You know, you think of Ben Simmons as a great defensive player, and he is, but he drives a lot of pace for that Nets team, the way he pushes in transition, the way he attacks the offensive boards. There's a lot of little ways that he makes um, – the offense better and drives for more points here. Happy to grab under 222. Seeing 225 and a half, there might even be a 223 out there. So you get a little bit better number than me. Anything 222 or higher looks good. I had this closely to 218. Pistons team total under. Uh, these have been pretty solid. You know, as long as they have not had Kate Cunningham, this team has really struggled to score. Um, they've been a little bit better. Jaden Ivey's been healthy. Um, they did get Sadiq Bay back, and Marvin Bagley's been a positive impact. But had this total closer to 106 myself, the New Orleans Pelicans at home with a rest advantage. You know, no Brandon Ingram tonight. That would be a little bit better. He's one of their better defensive players. It does slow the game down overall, but I think we're going to see a slow game here. I think we're going to see just an ugly performance in the Pistons. The Pelicans are almost 11-point favorites here, and the full game total at 229 does look a touch high, but I like this angle better. Give me the Pistons team total under 109.5. Just keep playing these, honestly. Um, they've been doing very well. And then Wizards Bulls under 227.5. Um, this number has jumped around a little bit today at the 227 and a half looks basically like where it is right now it was 228 for a while but really struggling to see this number it looks 
to me, like this number was based on the fact that Brand- Bradley Beal was going to be playing, but he's out. He's been listed out since last night. He's still out as of this morning. I don't see any inklings for him to be playing at all. And really, that's the only adjustment I can make to my model to get my number up this high. I had this in the low 220s. Um, thought about playing under 226 this morning, but waited. It ticked up a little bit and happened to take the under here now at 227.5. Again, the Wizards without Bradley Beal have really been a less dynamic offensive team. They also slow down quite a bit more as they try to get more opportunities for Kuzma, more opportunity for Pingus. The Bulls have great under team this year. They shoot about as many pointers as any team in the NBA, which means they shoot about the three pointers. That's great for unders. And again, happy to play kind of a slow pace. I think we're going to see again closer to 22, 220. So anything 226 or higher looks good to me. So let's have an underful night. Hornets Nets under 222. Pistons team total under 109.5. And then Wizards under 220.5. Do you have a lot of tabs open right now, perchance? <clears throat> because you're you got super jittery on me there. I didn't know if you were had a lot of tabs open or what what was going on there. But I also just think I lost noobs. No, I don't. Can you hear me? Oh, sorry, everything's a little bit laggy. Yeah, I don't... it got super laggy. Well. All right. Well, you you do that while you do that. So I'll, I'll do some college football. So yes. Bowl, so bowl season is upon us. Uh, they're actually the FCS playoffs roll on this weekend. The quarterfinals of the FCS uh, take place this weekend. And there's a game that I'm fascinated by at Sacramento State and Incarnate Word. The total is 76. Uh, but the weather in Sacramento is supposed to be awful this weekend. It's supposed to be rainy and gross. Uh, but I just couldn't touch it. Those are teams that combined to average 90 points per game. So there's not anything in the FCS that I like. I will tweet about it or put it up on BetsBerts if I do find something there that I like. But there are a couple of bowl games I'm interested in, and I'll throw these up now. One thing I'll say is bowl season, like the only bowl games I think are super bettable right now are the playoff games because we kind of have an idea of who is going to be playing in those games and who is not going to be playing in those games. Bowl games are a little bit dicier. So these are games, these are looks that I'm looking at. The middle one there, that Wisconsin-Oklahoma State total, I might actually advise uh, betting on that, but we'll start with the FSU Oklahoma. That is the uh, this is December 29th. That is the Cheez It Bowl, not to be confused with the Cheez It Citrus Bowl, which is LSU and Purdue. This just feels like a game where FSU wins by a couple of scores, and it's going to give them a ton of a ton of hype going into next season. Jordan Travis, uh, their starting quarterback, announced he would be coming back next year. He is probably going to eat against a Florida State defense that has been very very or against an Oklahoma defense rather that's been very bad FSU quietly went nine and three this year and the three losses came against uh, good opponents when they were dealing with some injury issues uh welcome back noobs how is how is your internet uh, a little bit better I can hear you and I can see the screen now so let's uh oh, keep well. our fingers crossed I'm not what's going on oh. um well you got jittery on me again so uh so I'll just keep talking here. Uh, December 27th, the Guaranteed Rate Bowl, which is at the Diamondback Stadium, Chase Field in Arizona. A- Oklahoma State has had 10 players enter the transfer portal, including their starting quarterback and running back. Wisconsin quarterback Graham Mertz also entered the transfer portal, but that might be addition by subtraction. This is also going to be the last game for Jim Leonard, who is the interim head coach at Wisconsin. He is their defensive coordinator. He has been highly sought after for many, many years, but he does not really jive with Uh, Luke Fickle, their new head coach. So this is going to be his last game coaching for his alma mater. And it's also an audition spot for him because they're going to be NFL teams in particular. Very interested in him. Everything about this screams under 43 total. It probably total should be in the 30s if we're being honest. And then the last one, you might be wondering why I'm advocating betting against Alabama. Well, 
the reality is that when Alabama plays in non-playoff uh, major bowl games, they just tend to not give a shit. For Alabama, it's basically playoff or bust every year, and it's considered a disappointment when they don't make it. There have been no announcements yet, so I wouldn't jump on this just yet because I'm assuming these numbers are baked in already. I mean, they're only a three-and-a-half-point favorite over Kansas State, so I'm assuming what that's telling me is that the books are anticipating that Bryce Young's not going to play. I imagine he's going to opt out. Will Anderson's going to opt out. I'd imagine Alabama's going to have a bunch of players opt out of this game, and it just seems to be that most of the time when these SEC teams – have a ton of opt-outs playing against uh, Big 12 teams that are very fired up. The Big 12 teams tend to play fairly decently because they have an advantage because they're going to have their whole rosters here. Kansas State's kind of like one of those scrappy underdog teams that finds ways to win. So I think, to me, it's a flyer. I'm going to monitor this. And I don't know that these odds odds flip. Maybe maybe you bet this soon, but I don't think you have to rush to do it uh, if the odds are not baking in that Bryce Young's not going to play then I think the bookmakers aren't doing their jobs. But those are the ones. The Wisconsin-Oklahoma State one is the only one that I'd say, like, right now I feel pretty confident because I don't know what's going to happen scenario-wise. It's going to make it more likely that teams are going to score. Oklahoma State's backup quarterbacks have been terrible this year in the instances when they've had to play. Wisconsin's offense in general has been terrible. Maybe, like, Oklahoma State with all the attrition, they're going to be bad, but I just, like, Wisconsin's not explosive. And I think they're going to play really well defensively, so – there you go. Those are three looks, and hopefully your internet is good enough so that we can get some tennis here before we wrap it, but you just dropped out again on me, Noops. So uh, I will vamp here for a second while Noops uh, looks to ho- hopefully hop back in the room unless he messages me and tells me that I need to wrap it up. Uh, the other FCS games this week, as I bring up that schedule, if I can bring that schedule up, th- these games I'm really interested in. Uh, if you want kind of leans on these, um, give me a second uh fcs yeah sam samford not stanford samford north dakota state north dakota state's a 16 and a half point favorite uh i would probably lean north dakota state there william and mary at montana state that's up to seven and a half uh, incarnate word sacramento state i talked about and then holy cross south dakota state uh that's a 15 and a half point spread for south dakota state and i'd probably bet that if phil who's one of our co-hosts on the blogger bowl were not an alumni of alumnus of Holy Cross and played football there. So uh, that's that. And I'm going to just go ahead and wrap this up for the rest of the day here. I actually do. Uh, here's actually, we'll put Noobs's, uh pick for tennis up. So for those of you listening to this on the podcast, which is going to be hilarious, this is, we're still in Angers. Uh, this is a one WTA 125 K challenger. Uh, Kennan and Kalanina playing today over, I don't know when this is, over two and a half sets at plus 155. Let me see if I can find out uh, when this is going to be. Uh, this is tomorrow, the round of 16 TBD, so they have not set the time for this match, but Noops is going to take Kennan and Kalanina to go over two and a half sets at a big, juicy plus number at plus 155. So uh, that's going to be it for us. Uh, hopefully Noobs' internet is fine, but uh, he is gone, so I'm going to wrap it. Hopefully Andy's back tomorrow. If not, it'll be Matt and Noobs, so hopefully some better internet. But uh, good luck with your bets, and someone will be here to talk to you tomorrow.